Welcome to the Emo Social Club podcast, broadcasting to you somewhat live, but just basically recorded for right now, still from EmoSocialClub.tv. I am Lizzie, and Brian is uh, somewhere um, contemplating his life choices. Most likely, I'm drinking a cup of coffee, and it is almost 9.30 p.m. on a Monday, so we're all doing that, I am, I'm really generally assuming. This week, we have our friend Ben Jorgensen of Armor for Sleep on the podcast. If you remember and you were able to join us in our live for this, this was about a month or so ago, and it was a really fun conversation. So if you missed it, um, make sure you jump back in or you want to relive it. Uh, we're going to have that coming up for you in just a little bit. But first, just a couple announcements. I know that it's been a little bit weird, again, a little bit of an off month this August. Um, but don't worry, we have some really, really cool announcements for guests coming up for the rest of September and a little bit in October as well. So don't worry, we didn't leave you behind. We didn't forget about you. We will be back with our live Q&As after the live stream interviews in no time. And if you want a little bit of a sneak peek of uh, ones that we have coming up that are not announced yet, on our socials. One of them is a band that we've been definitely hyping up for the last year and a half, if not a little bit more, honestly, um, that we have definitely seen a handful of times this year, too. And another one is a band that had also just come back that is one of Brian's favorite bands, so he is absolutely stoked on it. Make sure that you stay up to date with that announcement when it does come out, because I'm not name-dropping here, besties. So make sure you are following us over on Instagram at Emo Social Club. And also on Twitter and TikTok at X Emo Social Club X, and you'll be able to know what is going on and when we are back to our regularly scheduled programming. And outside of that, we are going to hopefully see all of you at Riot Fest in the next couple of weeks too. And just make sure you come by and say hey. Let's hang, let's vibe. We did it last year. And if you want to hang out with us as a group or just hang out with the club, make sure you join our Discord too. And you can have, go into our little like concert planning section. We can all kind of drop our schedules of the day, any after shows you're going to. And, you know, if you go alone, don't worry. We'll find you a little buddy. And we'll all be cool and chill. And it'll be such a rad weekend. I don't have too much more for you right now, which is nice. It's been kind of weird not having too much uh, busy time for once, but don't worry. We're going to jump right back into that, uh, especially for the last bit of the year. But without further ado, I'm going to stop talking and you are going to listen to this interview with Ben Jorgensen of Armor for Sleep. Welcome to the Emo Social Club podcast, broadcasting to you live from EmoSocialClub.tv. I am Brian. And I'm Lizzie, and we're here this evening with our new friend from Armor for Sleep, Ben Jorgensen, here to just talk it up and see what's going on now with the band. So thanks so much for hanging out with us tonight. Oh, I'm here to talk. Do I have to do talking today? I mean, yeah, you could like bit. do like Minionese if you wanted to. Yeah, I'll translate. To, yeah, I was hoping it'd be like charades and I could just answer <laughs> yes. everything and, yes. and mime. You're going to yeah. need to no, check okay, this I'll out talk. on YouTube if you want to yeah. see the actual Everyone's interview. actually going to have to have the visual aid to this now. <laughs> Uh, yes. Yeah, tell tell us what's up. What's up with uh, with Armor for Sleep? And let's just uh, you know get your get your your creds out there because I'm sure people um, are curious. Yeah, so um, I started a band in 2001 called Armor for Sleep, and uh, we did a bunch of stuff, and then we kind of broke up in 2009, and um, then we didn't do stuff for a long time, and. I we made a new album and didn't tell anyone about it until a week ago and we told everyone <laughs> about it and uh we just put out a new song and a new video um the first single from the album and the album is called The Rain Museum and it comes out in September and we're very stoked about it. I do absolutely love the title and also the album artwork. Like I saw it Thanks, and it was man. like, "Ooh, holy shit, that's good." That is that Thanks. is tasty that is a that is a tasty <laughs> album cover yeah thanks yeah uh i'm stoked about the album cover too 
speaking of design, and, and I'm going to start this off by saying again on the uh, the recording of this, uh, listeners of the Emo Social Club will know I am uh, old and have been around in the emo scene for too long. And uh, I remember, and it's, it's funny because we just interviewed uh, Zach Ross of Man Overboard like a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. and he was like, yeah, we made this like damn t-shirt with like protect or uh, defend pop punk. And I was mm-hmm. thinking like, you know, that's like the pop punk version of like mm-hmm. the the merch, right? And growing up, I just remember everybody had the armor for sleep angel wing hoodie and we wear it <laughs> everywhere. And I was like, yo, I, like I hated that everybody had it. And I was like, I want that hoodie. But I'm like, I didn't, it took me like another couple years of just seeing people wearing it to actually listen to armor for sleep. And then I'm like, oh, I want it. Couldn't find it. So uh, all I'm saying is I think that you have the quintessential emo piece of merch yeah. for a very long time. I know. I think I think that hoodie design was actually bigger than our band at, <laughs> at one point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's cool. It's actually um, so uh, we were on Equal Vision Records, which was like a, a hardcore label. Uh, basically, they're actually putting out uh, our new album, The Rain Museum, which is it's awesome to be back with them. Mm-hmm. But at the very beginning, they put us on tour with a bunch of their bands, and one of the first bands we ever toured with was this hardcore band from Massachusetts called Bane, mm-hmm. who were awesome. Like, uh, I grew up um, loving hardcore. And uh, so we toured with Bane. And one of the coolest things about Bane is that they had their quintessential piece of merch was just a hoodie or a T-shirt that just said Bane on it, just mm-hmm. four letters, and it zipped in the middle. And, like, it was cool seeing Bane, but, like, it was way cooler to, like, be able to get one of the Bane hoodies. And I honestly <laughs> think that's, like, why we wanted to do the armor hoodie, because we were just kind of, like, it was, like, a nod to Bane, because we loved that piece of merch so much. And then, uh, and then yeah, that kind of became our thing. Yeah. It is very interesting how those kinds of, like, those merch designs and, like, that, that sort of just quintessential... Uh, like thing just becomes like so well known in both the music genre and the scene, but also like for your band. And it's like, Oh, I need that hoodie. It's like, I should also probably listen to the band that made the hoodie. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's secondary though. Yeah. Yeah. Nowadays you can just wear whatever and just be like, Hey, I look cool and edgy. You just get the bonus points. If you do know. Well, I remember when there were really cool merch items back in the day, you'd get it and you were like, fuck i know i don't know this band and like there was no easy way to find out about the band so you'd buy the t-shirt <laughs> mm-hmm. you wouldn't wear it and like the next day you'd go to the record store you would like buy one of their albums you would like learn a couple of the the names of the songs so then when you would wear it in school and your friends would be like yo name two songs mm-hmm. you'd be like i will and but like now if you want <laughs> if you want to buy a cool shirt like whatever maybe you don't know who armor for sleep is but you want the armor hoodie you just take out your phone and you type mm-hmm. it into spotify and you ha- you know their entire catalog mm-hmm. so like that's just never an issue you anymore <laughs> yeah, that was the problem like i couldn't That's just like pull out my phone and just go oh i'm gonna order that hoodie right now and then yeah, yeah like hey where it. is like, it it's like okay well when's the next time they're coming to town and it's like i'm i'm 14 years old and i have to get my mom to take me to like to wherever uh, it's at to, yeah to like uh, uh to down the tinley venues park were open at that time <laughs> like the metro or um yeah, bottom lounge maybe. Definitely yeah. Metro. I don't know where you guys would have played in Chicago around that time. I mean, we did get to play the Metro a couple times. Also definitely played the bottom lounge probably mm-hmm. way more than the Metro. Yeah. What's the smallest venue you've played? Like like you played before like you guys broke up. Like was it and it could be anywhere, but like like the smallest most intimate show that you guys played before that. Like when you were at your like, you know, Everybody um, wants to book Armor for Sleep. I don't know small why venue. this comes to mind, but probably because of the Chicago uh, side of things. So we played at a place called Jerry's Pizza um, in Bakersfield, California. It's kind of famous because there's no other venues in Bakersfield. So it's literally, there's a pizza place that you walk into called Jerry's Pizza and there's a basement, but it's not like a basement that's like made into a venue. It's like a basement, like a base the basement in fight club you just like walk down <laughs> some okay. steps and there's a cement room with no windows there's no air conditioning um and we played there with a band called fallout boy that was when we were on top <laughs> oh, yeah. of the fall oh my god right. yeah. Fuck yeah literally just in some random dusty ass basement there were maybe 25 people there 
Or actually, Fall Boy were kind of blowing up at the time, so there were probably more people there than that. But thirty. Yeah, like there you go. Yeah, that's like the kind of thing though, where like if you're too big, it's dangerous. But that's also like why yeah. you kind of want to do it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, Fall Boy were were obviously not as big as they are now back then but like kids were still flipping out for them so like those 35 kids were like their brains were exploding the entire time like it was not a safe 35 kids in a, in a they were they were all dangers basement. to everybody yeah. and yeah. themselves yes <laughs> but that was awesome um so that was a pretty small pretty small venue i can't i can't really think of of i mean smaller than that and you're talking about like a crawl space i don't yeah. think we've ever played a crawl space okay it's like uh, South by Southwest back in the day when like, like just just set up anywhere like find an Urban Outfitters yeah. and plug in and just go in the middle. Of like, guys, the this is the racks. unofficial show. show. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. Action Adventure must have read the future because on the heels of a new T Swift album, they have dropped their cover of the last great American Dynasty. UK band holding absence are back and they want you to crawl in a coffin with them. Get it done uh, quicker, faster, stronger, and sooner. Well, at least Goalkeeper thinks so. Here's their new single, Sooner. If you like what you hear, make sure to check out our Spotify playlist, Bangers Only, to keep up to date with the hottest tunes. So back to it. Are we going to get a reprint of this iconic hoodie? Or is it going to be a sweatshirt? Because I also know that there's a debate between zip-up hoodies now and pullovers. Yeah, so <laughs> I, was, I was very surprised to find out that like zip-ups are no longer cool. Like Kids these days are not into zip-ups. Like Pullovers are the thing. Um, call me old, but I love, <laughs> I love the convenience of a zip up. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like maybe, like maybe I'm just all about convenience, but when I go outside, when it's not, when it's not cold enough for jacket weather, mm -hmm. it's not warm enough to be outside without a hoodie. A zip up is the perfect solution because mm -hmm. if you're too hot, you unzip it and you have, you know, some breezes coming in, but mm -hmm. a pullover, it's one or the other. Yeah. yeah like um, a zip up so hoodie just, is just like, you have two outfits, basically a pullover. You have one outfit, one mm -hmm. outfit. So, like, I guess fashion moved forward, but, um, you know, ease of use or, like, you know, we're just taking a step backwards in, in terms of convenience. Yeah. And it worries me. It worries me for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you're saying we're going to reprint the hoodie so that we can, like, save the people from their inconvenient yeah. lives. Yeah. You know, maybe we should just do it for humanity just to bring <laughs> yeah. back the convenience of the zip-up hoodie. But, like... I don't like maybe I was just out of the scene for a second but like when did that happen with zip ups do you guys um, is there it was about oh yes I love this Yeah, it had to be Those probably when I was in late high school early college so like 2012 2013 area because you oh had God, that like right. kind of like bro core pop punk and that's when everyone's like oh pullover hoodies like real friends things like that and that's where I saw that shift because I, I'm always like a zip up hoodie type of person. Mm -hmm. And I was like, hey, where did all the zip up hoodies go? I wanted to buy a new one. And everybody just had pullovers. And now we're starting to see more variety, but like mm. I haven't seen so that much. It, so like, was it just that the pullover was just like so hot when it came out that like the zip up became like really uncool? Like if you wore a zip up, would you would just seem like you weren't up with the trends, right? Yeah. And mm -hmm. it's still now, like, if you wear a zip up, I think obviously it depends where you go. But, mm -hmm. like, if you wear, like, a zip up, some people would be like, oh, why do you have a zip up? Why isn't that, like, a pullover? That's so funny. It's weird. Because so I, I have one, I have one, like, oversized zip up hoodie, as everybody should have, I feel, in their wardrobe. Mm -hmm. um, and it's for our friends in rematch. And I will, I'll just, like, wear it to the office and to work, or I'll just wear it, like, if I'm going to a show and I'm layering. And they're like, that zips and i'm like yes 
it's fashionable. I could take this <laughs> off and have more and have more outfit selections underneath. Yeah. <laughs> like that's yeah. just so I just never viewed a zip up hoodie. I never viewed that as like um a fashion choice. It just almost yeah. seemed like a utility, like a t shirt. Like I yeah. don't expect to like walk down the street one day and be like, did you see that guy with two sleeves on his shirt? You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't even think twice about a t-shirt. Two sleeves. I, can't, I can't believe that happened with zip up hoodies. Yeah, right? no, it, it's how <laughs> it is. I mean, if you're around like that, li- literally like the younger kids, they'll be like looking yeah. at you. They'll side eye you hard. Right? And That's so weird. we have been like, Hey guys, if we like, we have merch and we're like, Oh, would you, if we do like sweatshirts or something or hoodies, like what would you want to see? And more people want like pullovers than mm-hmm. zip ups. That's I had so to funny. reach out to a company because their zip ups wouldn't let me print on the front. And they're like, yeah, we don't do front printing on zip ups. And I'm like, I feel like that's like the main point of it. And it was like, clearly like there's something going on here with zip ups and like companies are like, yeah, we're not, we're, we're phasing this out. Okay. There's only one option. And as soon as we are out of stock, we're no longer offering zip up hoodies. I'm like, damn dude. Like I, I, yeah, I thought rough. I was fine. And then the world is like shutting down around me. <laughs> yeah. I'll just never be able to make sense of that, I guess. Yeah. I like to wear them with like a a denim jacket or a leather jacket and you have the hoodie hanging out the back. Yeah. And it's both. I'm like, yeah, fashion. Hmm. These kids today. Yeah. The damn kids. You won't. So reprint the Armor for Sleep zip up hoodie to uh, save fast fashion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Save the planet. Yeah, because, you know, I mean, we do, those hoodies are for sale now, but they're on pullovers. It's not quite the same. Oh, okay. It's like, it's like the modern version. Yeah. <laughs> to get with the kids. I get it. You got to adapt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so with, come, now getting back a little bit more into your music, your latest yes. single, How Far Apart. Yes. It, it's... It's a banger, and ori- like overall, from your press release, the overall concept of the album that the single is on is like kind of like a post-apocalyptic world, um, and like this museum that's in the middle of the desert. It's kind of giving mm-hmm. Avatar: Last Airbender vibes when they're in the <laughs> desert. I love that. Most people will love that. <laughs> so, how did this kind of like formulate within your mind, yeah. and like you put this All on right. to fruition? So I'll give you guys the the shtick for not the shtick, but like the explanation of the new album. Um, so basically, um, I so after so just a quick uh, history of uh, Armor for Sleep. We put out our first album, Dream to Make Believe, and then our second album was called What to Do When You're Dead. It was uh, like a concept album of this guy who died, and then he's a ghost. Blah 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 blah. After that happened. Um, I had an idea for the next concept record that was going to come out after it. And like, I had this crazy idea of like, I wanted there to be comic books that would accompany the record and like maybe a book. And like, it was going to be this whole thing. And we wound up being idiots uh, in retrospect. And we signed (laughs) to a major label at the time. Mm -hmm. And uh, we had this big management company that was like, no, you shouldn't do the concept record. Like you should keep things simple. And then, we wound up making our like major label album, which was kind of just like in retrospect, kind of like a watered down version of what we had done. I think we just, we let too many people's opinions chime in and it just wasn't what we did. And then after that kind of everything sputtered out and we broke up. Um, but in my mind, like I always wanted to do that concept album that I, I always intended to come out after what to do near dead. So when the pandemic happened um, and when lockdowns uh, started happening all over, I was like, well, this sucks because, uh, you know, obviously people were getting sick and everything. And, and um, I basically couldn't leave the house. And I was like, you know what? This will be uh, a cool time for me to hunker down and like finally do that album again. So the story of that album, yeah, it's like it, it takes place in a post-apocalyptic world where there's no more rain or weather on planet Earth at all. And in the middle of the desert, um, in the middle of this desert, in the middle of nowhere, there's a museum that's kind of like has all these relics from uh, like back when there was weather on planet Earth and like kind of like of how society used to be. And all these people from all over the world wander into the desert, into this museum, because basically the point of the story is that they'd rather live 
in this world where they're looking at their pasts and then like dealing with like what their lives have become. So that was, that was my mission when I went into uh, the pandemic and I was like, sweet, like, like people were like doing jigsaw puzzles and stuff. I was like, this is going to be my little like quarantine <laughs> project. Um, so the shitty part is for me, like life kind of, my life, um, unfortunately took a, a bad turn during that time. My marriage of eight years, um, fell apart during that time. So I was, um, basically isolated in quarantine. I couldn't hang out with my friends, couldn't do the normal stuff. And I was like working on this album and I was like, I need to like push on and like keep finishing this record. But because of what I was going through in my life, like I couldn't, I couldn't like ignore that. So like the songs that I was writing, it turned into like a combination of like this idea that I had that I wanted to finish with all of these visuals and like sounds that I've been creating for the rain museum. But then like what I was going through and like all this heavy shit of my breakup just was kind of like seeping in. And I was like, okay, do I stop doing one or do I make two albums? And I was like, no, like this is going to be a combination of the two of them. So then the, the name of the album, the rain museum, it took on, another meaning like yes it has to do with my original idea because that started it but it's also about me personally looking at this like fucked up situation that i was going through and using this creative process to help me uh cope with what i was going through so yeah that was that was my very brief explanation of the album (laughs) (laughs) you were on a major label ask them if you could do a comic book and they said no were you like super (laughs) pissed when the black parade came out and it's like (laughs) guys guys (laughs) i think i think my chem had a slight bit more clout at that point (laughs) to do what they wanted yeah i mean like so like growing up i was always like super into like concept records because to me it just made Mm -hmm. more sense from like a musical art piece rather than just like a collection of songs together on a record and like following some sort of storyline like uh coheed was a good example of growing up i I had no idea what the fuck the story was but i was like yo i like this i get it there's (laughs) There's a story story here here. i don't know what they're saying i don't know who Mm -hmm. i don't know which claudio we're talking about here because he named the character after himself that's weird but i don't get it but i'm gonna learn i'm gonna figure it out but yeah. it's like, yeah, that that just makes so much more sense. So it's kind of surprising they didn't let you like do that kind of thing. And then now, like, what would that continuation look like? It would be so cool. Yeah, and like the truth is, it's not that concept album. Like it, it wound like I. It, it's not that at all. Like that was almost like the starting point, but it turned into, you know, a way a way more like real album that has like real breakup songs or whatever but i still kept the name and i still kept a lot of the imagery because that was kind of like i was building the album to be that story but now it's like this combination so Mm. so yeah well it's definitely evolved over the years and it takes this approach that you're kind of looking at like as an IRL, like hey this is a point i am in my life this is the point where maybe a lot of your fans maybe or they're just older going through similar things so Mm -hmm. even more so people may be able to you know understand that a little bit better at the same time yeah totally um yeah and so yeah so how far apart is the the first single on it it's the second song on the record and um and yeah i hope people like it yeah the comic book is coming out in 2023 (laughs) (laughs) look i just really love the idea of like uh, a a big world around like uh like creating music that exists as one album an art piece that is from beginning to end you listen to it and it's a very cohesive piece but like if you want to go deeper and you want to have more experience with the universe that you're creating as a musician here's like some supplemental material that will really benefit it like music videos comic books like all that just adds to it so much when you're uh yeah you know when you're an artist and you're a fan who's just like i want i need it all i need everything i mean yeah for me as a fan of music like i think it's just all about like like what i gravitate to is just like purpose behind an album like if i'm if i just hear about a band that's doing a record i'm like and then i dig deeper and it's like oh the band is just doing a new record because they just want to make a new record i'm like okay but if there's a band that's like they have a purpose behind the record like they 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 had to do it you know what i mean where Mm -hmm. there's like a reason why they felt they had to do it It, like it's about something or it's relevant to the world 
I mean, that just gets my attention, even for my favorite bands, way more than like Kings of Leon made a new record that they'll be touring <laughs> with. Like, okay. dude, <laughs> cool. They're Listen, releasing it as an NFT, okay? So, like, but it's also to do it. The, I heard one of the new Kings of Leon songs on Octane, um, which is Sirius XM, um, basically kind of like. <laughs> oh, it's serious. Yeah, um, like hard rock, and it sounds like they're going the butt rock route. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> But I mean, yeah, good for them. God bless. <laughs> God Make bless. the money. Now, here's the thing. Would Armor for Sleep ever consider a, a one butt rock song? This is not a question. Yes. This is a request. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, can we can we add some rap in there? Like a little rap new metal? Yeah, why yes, not? Breakdown? Look. Okay. I'm back. I've been unironically listening to Limp Bizkit this week. So, you know, no questions. No questions in the yeah. chat, please. Advice, no, just bully him off stream. It's okay. The style kind of hit. Like the new record is pretty good. Okay, that's all. I'm... <laughs> Everybody, stop adding me in the chat, please. Yep, just keep adding him. But also with this new album, obviously you have a couple shows mm -hmm. coming up. So you have mm -hmm. one that's a one-off show in California in October with the Starting Line, which is one of my favorite Hell bands. Yeah. Um, and I saw that and I flipped out. <laughs> um, Lizzie's like, I gotta bring this up because uh, I love them. <laughs> So um, with that, and then also with what you're doing with Dashboard Confessional and Andrew McMahon, mm -hmm. too, with a handful of shows, um, it kind of begs the question, after you do these shows, will you plan to do anything in like the later half of the year, anything in the new year with uh, touring? Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I would love to. I know the other guys would love to as well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we want to give this record the full treatment, uh, like we're we're doing two more music videos one of them is coming out in august and one in september when the album comes out um so i feel like if we're putting all this work into it may as well like play some shows for people unless i mean if everyone hates the record and they're like armor for sleep shut the fuck up then we'll just go away <laughs> but you're like you know what we tried it bye yep. next yep. time <laughs> um no but uh so we did we did a uh like an anniversary tour. It was supposed to be the 15 year um, anniversary of what to do when you were dead. But because of uh, COVID, it was like really like the 16 year anniversary, but mm -hmm. those shows were fucking crazy and were amazing. And it was so cool to see and talk to every, like after we played every night, I was like, I'm going to go right over to the merch area. And, and I think it really pissed off some clubs actually, because, um, you know, I was like, I'm going to go right to the merch table. So come talk to me afterwards. And, you know, sometimes it would be like 45 minutes of just like shaking everyone's hand. But like, I didn't expect that that many people still wanted to come out and see us. So yeah, if people like the record or maybe they hate the record, but they still want to hear whatever car underwater and want us to play shows and like, it's the coolest thing ever to do. So yeah, we'll absolutely do it. I think, you know, maybe life is in the way a, a little bit more now than it was before. Like some of the dudes in the band have um, families and obligations back home, but uh, we'll do it, you know, we'll do it however we can for sure. It seems like the club should get their shit together and let you say hi to everybody. <laughs> like, there was there was this one show we played in, in Philadelphia. Uh, I don't mean to like roast this club but like one of the security guards at the end like when i was like hanging out with people and like people want to take pictures and then move on he was like oh I'll, I'll like take the pictures for everyone and i was like oh my god that's so nice thank you but i realized what he was doing was he just wanted to like speed up the process mm -hmm. so he'd be like okay picture and he'd be like next get out of here like, mm -hmm. <laughs> it was okay. actually like very mean and I was, like, I was like sir thank you for taking the pictures but can you please give them a couple more seconds yeah. to say hi please <laughs> um so yeah they, they don't i mean i get it it's after a show everyone wants to like wrap sure. up the club the last thing they want to do is you know wait another half hour or whatever but sure we yeah. were talking a bit before uh before we started recording too about how you know you've been gone for 15 years and now a lot of these people are brand new to the uh okay. the armor for sleep family the 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 arm the, the sleepers the sleepers he's trying to make like fun yeah. words for it i was gonna call it the armory and i'm like that doesn't no, make don't any do sense that. Oh my. <laughs> nah, uh -uh. yeah no, no. so you got a bunch of these new uh art art sleepers and uh there's like a bunch of people that have never been able to see your band who who now are like i'm so stoked and having that like same energy that people would have had 15 years ago 
uh yeah just really interesting that like i mean we were we were saying about like you lizzie is like you know the mike hem show out in uh california LA. and it's like yeah, yeah it's like the, you've never had that chance and now it's like i am so fucking stoked to see this band and meet him yeah. at the merch table so i i totally see why people are so stoked on the band now yeah. it's cool it's kind of like a fresh start because i feel like when we were an active band the people that knew us like because we were touring so much and this there was so much going on in the scene at that time i feel like there was so much like baggage that like we brought to the table people were like oh armor for sleep like i saw them take back they sucked or like people had all these like <laughs> preconceived notions of us but like mm-hmm. now if someone's just finding out about us and they come see us play now it's like oh we like don't suck as much as we used to you know because we've been doing it for years now so it's like oh they're gonna think we're a good band like we're we're not the band that like you like i spent the whole set getting shocked on my shitty microphone because Mm -hmm. like i couldn't afford equipment and like wound up like cursing off the front of house guy and leaving stage you know what i mean like yeah so that's that's kind of cool to have a a fresh a clean slate for new fans we always make the reference of like bands that start putting out like less than stellar records, you know, the longer they're into their career. And obviously you guys have only put out uh, a few. So, mm-hmm. you know, you either uh, die the hero or live, <laughs> or live to become, to become the, villain. the villain. And that's yeah. why you put out your new metal butt rock album. Yeah. But will yeah. you be the villain then? Or will you be? The I, okay. Yeah. It's hard to tell <laughs> if you put out a really yeah, good butt rock record, you're not a, you're not a villain. So I think about this a lot with my chem. Um, like I hope, I was just talking about this, but I hope more than anything that they put out a new record, mm-hmm. right? Like I personally, I, I mean, it would crush it if my Ken oh, yeah. came out with a new record. So I, I don't know. I haven't spoken to them. I have zero information about it, but like, I could imagine from their end, they're like, why would we put out another record? Like mm-hmm. they have this like perfect catalog of music. They're selling out shows playing to like what? 30,000 people a night mm-hmm. around the world. There mm-hmm. is like no slowing down. So like, why would they put out a record? Like, what if they put out a record and people think it sucks? You know, then they <laughs> yeah. tarnish this thing. Yep. Like, I personally think they should, but like, I don't blame them if they're like, yo, why would we do that right now? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. Well, I mean, I even when Foundations dropped, there was a lot of people who like weren't into yes. it, but I was like, this sounds like Bullets. And I, I mean, me. Bullets yeah. is my favorite it album. It was Brian, actually. Brian and I, I, was, I was not. I was literally. I was literally really? walking yeah. to Chinatown and then he's like, I don't like it that much. And I'm like, I'm turning back around and I I'm said, coming up to I where you are and we're fighting. <laughs> I said, I'm, I'm confused and I have my feelings on it. And, and I kind of agree with you. I'm like, why would they, why would they put out another record and tarnish like their four albums they put out? They have very distinct eras. They have very distinct like sounds that they wanted to do with it. Uh, the, the, stories and all of that the concepts and all that it's like yeah why would you want to do something else but it also surprises me that they had you know we all were in the pandemic and a lot of people created new things and and obviously like you wrote a record it's like well did they write a record during the pandemic because they had time and they had already announced that they were reunited but then we didn't get foundations until they started their tour this year and i was kind of like wouldn't you have done something and wouldn't the Jonas brothers have announced that too? Like, honestly, my, my boys, Jonas brothers really came through for me with my cam really bridging, just, just, bridging just it leaking all. the release and really <laughs> leaking everything. It's like, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of surprised by it a little bit that like they didn't put out a lot more. They didn't announce a lot during the pandemic and then they put out foundations and I'm like, Oh, this is what we need. A six minute dream on cover. Oh, mm-hmm. lovely. Perfect. Thank you, Mike. I still love you. Still going to see uh, you as often as I can. Yeah, I love it. I mean, they can do no wrong in my eyes. Yeah, I'm. I'm like, this isn't the best Mike Hem song, and it's still like something I will be fine hearing a bunch of times for the rest of history. Yeah. I just think it was the ultimate, um, ultimate move because um, I was working for um, national alternative rock radio stations when it dropped. And my boss, uh, she programs WNYL and NYC. And she was like, hey, guess what? I'm like, what? She's like, we have this just playing for like two hours straight. Just my camp. I said, yo. That's crazy. (laughs) I was like, girl, let's go. (laughs) That's awesome. I'm going to try to do Lizzie does all these like really nice transitions. I'm going to try to do one that's real nice. Uh Uh-oh. 
So speaking of my chem, uh, you're also playing at When We Were Young Fest with my chem. <laughs> it wasn't really a good transition, but it was a transition. It was there. Yeah, it was there. Yeah. Looks like a nine out of ten. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dude. Thank you. Yeah. I was giving myself a seven where it's like passable, but like not offensive. But not. <laughs> rate If you rate something a seven, people are like, uh, come on, pick a side. Yeah. It's like that's on the fence. It's like, listen. Yeah. Just say it isn't good or say it is good. Like, just just commit. Yeah, pick a side, commit, give me the feedback. I'll never learn if you don't. But it's like, nah, it's a seven. <laughs> um, so you're playing when we were young, Fest. <laughs> yeah. Wait, I have an announcement about it. Oh shit. It's not a real festival, guys. Oh, it's no. a scam. It. Upsetting. Knew it. Yeah, we all got, all the bands we all got played. Paid off to like, yeah, uh, just sell tickets, but no, it's not it's not happening. So no, I'm just kidding. Since it's sold out, you get you're just telling everybody it's not real and thanks for your money. <laughs> yeah, hey, like thanks for the memories no, we never but made. <laughs> I learned a lot um in the first like 48 hours after when we were young was announced. Mm-hmm. And I learned a lot about the internet. Yes. Um and I learned a lot about how conspiracies conspiracy <laughs> theories can proliferate. Mm-hmm. Because it was fucking nuts. Like 24 hours after it was announced, I had so many people DMing me saying like, uh, we know Live Nation is paying you off to uh, to announce this festival and scam everyone. Oh my They're God. like, how much are you getting paid? And I'm like, I'm like, I am announcing this because my band is performing at it and I would like you to come <laughs> and watch us play. <laughs> I was like, that's the only conspiracy. Oh my God. Like, all of the other bands, they're also playing and want to tell their fans about the concert. That there was playing. literally, I don't know if you saw the head assery that was on TikTok because that's probably how it spread so far. But yeah. people were breaking into like, oh, um, Census Fell didn't know that they were playing. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, they don't always get communicated fully like what shows are coming, especially if it's like a year out, a year mm-hmm. and a half out. And they're like, and there's people that are like, I like to call them um, couch. Uh, like music yeah. critics or like Monday they know anything about everything mm-hmm. and they were like no i'm a photographer and i'm like cool and i work very closely with a lot of artists and in music radio and i could tell you you are a hundred percent incorrect yeah <laughs> and i'm like i don't know what you guys are talking about and then somebody was just like no it's just all lies like you're silly if you j-. i'm like just just be mad that you didn't get tickets just yeah. say you're mad <laughs> yeah. just say you're mad yeah <laughs> I mean, so, yeah, so it was really interesting. So, obviously, it's a real thing and it's happening. But, like, I I think it really did open my eyes more to conspiracy theories and how when something so unbelievable happens, people start spreading rumors about it and start saying, there's no way this is true. And, yeah, I was watching some of the TikTok stuff of people, you know, who are like, this is the same company behind, you know, like the Travis Scott thing and, and there's no way it's happening and and like you know like they had their tinfoil hats on and, mm-hmm. and it, it was just crazy to step back and, and watch it all happen like at such a quick speed but it was crazy like i was texting like i remember i texted uh shane from silverstein and i was like dude i was like are you getting this craziness and he was like the internet <laughs> has lost their minds like we didn't know what to say it was so weird yeah i mean granted like you know, even to this day, like they haven't announced like set lists yet, right? right? But like, I think literally every band has come out and said, like, yeah, we're probably not each playing an hour and a half sets. Like, yeah. we can yeah. do the math. Yeah. But also, like, we're not going to get up there and play for three minutes and then be gone. Like, yeah. you know, we're like, so I'm excited. We've also been to a warp tour before. We understand the yeah, idea like of a how one day fest. Warp tour? I mean, maybe yeah. that's the problem is that none of these kids remember warp tour. <laughs> No, because yeah. they never went to Warp Tour. I think yeah. what's funny, though, now is that more people, every time another music festival gets announced, immediately everyone's like, this sounds fake. Mm-hmm. Like for So What yeah. Fest in um, Texas, they're like, this sounds really fake. There would be no way that they put hip hop and rap to, and like metal and everything together. And I'm like, hey, maybe think about what you just said, how that's <laughs> not great. But like also it is a very real. I'm like, we we are we know the promoter the people who are putting yeah. it on like i can assure you it's real and they're like yeah you don't know that this is just a bad lineup and i'm like what's it the like to is- live in delusion <laughs> yep yeah also the craziest thing is when people were like 
Oh, it's the same. It's the same small uh, production company that put on the Travis Scott concert. And I'm like, Live Nation? You mean the company that puts on 50% yeah. of concerts across the world? <laughs> like, yes, they did do this thing, and this horrible thing happened. But it's not like some like mom and pop yeah. company that's doing like one concert every six years. It's literally like, the most this is Live Nation. <laughs> yeah, Live Nation, yeah. historically owned by the Live Nation family. Yeah. Uh, that's it. Current CEO Barbara Live Nation. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, Insane. No. Well, we'll I, see you there at least at when we. Oh yeah. Yes. So that's gonna be so. a lot of fun. And yeah. like, okay, so the first weekend is Saturday and Sunday, and the second weekend is just Saturday. I honestly don't know how any of the bands are going to be able to play Sunday because so many i know for me so many of these bands i haven't seen in so many years <laughs> and like the fact that we're all going to be together the same day and in vegas mm -hmm. everyone's just going to be out having like the time of their lives on, mm -hmm. on saturday night like i can think of like you know 20 bands off the top of my head that i'm going to love to like give hugs to and, and hang out i just like sunday i don't know how we're all gonna just wake up <laughs> and do it again you know like everyone's just gonna have massive hangovers i think i mean me i'll go to bed early but I know. so You're i like, should try to swap me. my tickets for saturday see i got saturday yeah, sat i got listen sure. bestie i said i'll grab your ticket and you said no and i said okay so me and the girlies are going I, saturday so i think you should swap I had to go the hotel room route to get a ticket to the whole thing. Sunday was the only day that was available that I could actually get tickets for. It wasn't an option that I had. And what what you're saying is like, oh, I did not think of that. I figured like you guys would get there earlier in the week and get all the Vegas out of your system, you know? No, I honestly think you have the best day. If I had to look at all three days, I would put my money on Sunday being the best day because the first Saturday is going to be a shit show because nobody's going to know. There are going to be equipment issues. There are going to be staging issues, blah, blah, blah. Sunday, even though people will be hungover, all the bands are going to be super grateful because they had an amazing show the day before. They will have figured out the little technical shit. And then the next Saturday after that is a little bit of like, it's everything all over again. So I'm sure there are going to be equipment problems again. Like I feel like that Sunday is going to be the unicorn show. So I think, I think you, you chose correctly. Thank you. First, I felt yeah. bad, and then Just I felt him, good. It's been and a back how, and forth this entire time. Yeah. Since, <laughs> the thing since, is, since like, I love it sale. because it, either one could be true at this point. This is the conspiracy. It could be either way. <laughs> or it could all be a scam. Yeah, it could actually, all it's be a all scam. a scam, guys. We're going to get there, and they're going to be like, LOJK, have fun in Vegas. Yeah. And it's like, well, I even told people, I'm like, listen, in the most insane universe, if it is a scam, which it's not, <laughs> You're in Vegas. Like you could You're do in Vegas, dude. <laughs> You're in Vegas. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if the sun in the desert is like the most emo of places to be, but certainly like you can figure it out. You can have a good time in Vegas. Yeah. I hope. Have a good, everybody have a safe time in Vegas. Yeah, everyone be careful. I'm like, mm, everybody just mm, be safe. Please be safe. <laughs> Nothing bad ever happens there, right? LOL. I think so. That's what, I mean, I've heard Katy Perry had a rough time. Like, that's what yeah. you get. Well, hey, you can't get married by an Elvis impersonator anymore, though. So what? If anybody, yeah, that got passed, like, because it was a copyright. They, they can't his use his, you can't use his likeliness. Elvis got hit with DMCA. Well, wow. because they were saying, like, oh, you cannot copy likeliness for profit. So all of the Elvis impersonators literally, like, lost their jobs overnight. And I think this was, like, right before the Elvis movie came out, too. I'm not yeah. blaming Baz Luhrmann for this. <laughs> I will not hear Boz Lerman slander in my chat. Oh my god! <laughs> I haven't seen the movie. I don't know. I, don't I haven't know. seen it either. I've heard. I've heard it's rough. I've heard a I lot just, of different things about it. I heard Tom Hanks in particular is is not the best. Right. That, that's the Hanks one thing that is consistent in the reviews is that it was like, yeah. why is Tom Hanks here? Which is, a, <laughs> it's a, you know what, it happens. Wow. Like yeah. more like no Hanks. Am I right? That's good. Well, that's uh, I should have waited until the end of our recording to say that because now clearly, like everyone's gonna leave. Can you believe he did this? I can't. Anyway, you recorded with Courtney Ballard, who has also worked with State mm -hmm. Champs, uh, Good Charlotte, All Time Low, and so many other bands as well. And what was that kind of like that decision making process for you to work with them um, compared to anybody else? Yeah. So. Um... 
for this one it wasn't it wasn't like okay it's time to make an album let's like meet with a bunch of different producers it kind of happened organically i was actually like posting a lot of stuff to my um instagram stories and uh my friend brett who's the singer of a band called the juliana theory was like what what's this and i was like uh just doing new stuff and he's like you should talk to courtney because courtney was producing the new juliana theory record Mm. so brett kind of like um introduced us and courtney was like yo come over and show me the new song so came over showed him the new songs and originally actually i went in um we were going to kind of work on something else and i played him the armor demos that i had and then he was like can you send them to me tonight and i was like i was like yeah and and uh he's like i'll tell you what i think tomorrow i was like okay and then i went home and then tomorrow morning he called me he's like we should do a full length and i was like okay (laughs) so um uh so i like the album wasn't actually like it's probably only like 75 percent done at that point um but courtney really was like no dude you just got to finish it up and we'll start working so we really took our time with it and um courtney is just a great producer to work with and uh Another thing is that I'm in, I live in Hollywood now and his studio is in West Hollywood. So it's literally like a mile from where I live. So, um, it just, it made sense for both of us. We were like, yo, if we, if we work together, we could like walk to each other's places. So it was awesome. Um, we just, we did it actually last summer, right when the Delta variant was rearing its ugly head. So we're isolated from the world. I actually wound up getting COVID um, at the end of the record when I had like two more oh. songs to sing. <laughs> so I had to just stay in my apartment for 10 days. Um, and it was a bummer, but that that was almost like like perfect for the record because the whole world was shut down. It was basically like a COVID record. So like, of course, I get COVID at the end of the experience mm-hmm. and like have to fight through it. Um, it was just appropriate for what the record is, I think. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, noticed like all of these, all these records are coming out now, right? And so everybody's going back on tour, and all of it is like back, back at it again. But like with all the like, I don't know, with all the reuniting bands and everybody coming back and doing their like reunion tours or new stuff, it's like, yeah, I mean, COVID just has to like have that sort of sense of like, I guess uh, I want to say this. I don't want to say. It's like this might be the last time, but also like you should probably get out there and and see the band and, and hear the things because you never know. Yeah, yeah, it was crazy, right? Yeah. What a what a weird fucked up thing happened two years ago. Crazy. I don't think anybody is gonna have a like collective trauma though. Like I think we're all gonna be just okay, you know? Yeah, yeah just a just little bit totally fine. Normal. Yeah. Pretty decent. We all we all just turned off our social media and we all just like you know reconnected with with uh, our family and friends that we were mm-hmm. you know living with and we used the internet for good. Nature healed. Nature absolutely healed. Yeah, the, yeah, planet, the planet's fine, guys. Holy yeah, guys, shit. we're not dying <laughs> as a collective at all. Yeah, yeah. no longer yeah. global yeah, our, warming; it's know, global chill, dude. And the best part is, like, when all this was going on, uh, our politicians got together and they were like you know what let's stop being fucked up let's actually Mm -hmm. like you know govern this country like a bunch of sane people and like i know we're all collectively very happy that they decided to come together and do that so we have nothing to worry about yeah um you know we can do whatever we want with our bodies you know Mm -hmm. the supreme court lets us Mm -hmm. make our own choices so Mm -hmm. what do we have to complain about guys i think it's honestly kind of crazy how popular emo music has gotten in what can only be described as the greatest time to be alive. Oh God. <laughs> like, oh, I think I'm going to listen to this stuff that really gets me in my feelings because you know, everything else is going so good. Oh yeah. So good. Like, so well, like listen, yeah. when some 41 said the doctor said my mom should have had an abortion, it just really, it just really fit the bill. How many times have we recently. heard that song since and just thought about you're like, hmm. oof. But then you're like, well, they're Canadian, so it's like kind of okay, you know. They're yeah. they're not worried about the same issues that we're worried about, <laughs> even though they're so close. Like, hey, you guys good over there? And we're like, no. <laughs> they're like, check back with you later. <laughs> Bye. That's <laughs> that, that's how it goes. Yeah. Uh, do you think that like that has a lot to do with like the emo resurgence or like the passion behind all of these uh, sad? pop songs and sad music coming out and like um that's a good question 
I, I don't think so. Because I think, if I'm being honest, I think when people refer to emo now, a lot of it is like, I think almost like the happier stuff from the emo stuff. Like, I think like when people talk about emo resurgence, it's like Paramore and like, you know, honestly, a lot of the stuff that's like pretty close to like pop, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, So like, I mean, when I grew up and talked about emo, it was actually like the sadder, like more brooding sunny day real estate kind of like Thursday, like dark stuff. But like, Mm -hmm. I don't think that's what people talk about anymore when they talk about emo. So I don't know. I don't think it's so much of a cultural thing as it is like a, this was a massive scene of music that affected so many people when they were at, you know, high school, college age. And then it just became really uncool because everyone was listening to it. And when everyone listens to something, it just makes it uncool. And then like 10 years later, people were like, no, what the fuck? Like that meant a lot to me. So I think, I think it's just, the resurgence is just happening because so many people connected with it, you know? And, uh, I think it was bound to come back. Do you guys agree with that or no? I mean, uh, I, yes. (laughs) Like being like old (laughs) enough now with like expendable income and all the bands that I liked, uh, as a teenager, uh, and like, yeah, the, the popular kids. And I say that like my school didn't really have like the clicks as like movies would have them, you know, like the popular kids and the jocks and all that. Yeah, He tried to explain that to me one day and I said, what are you talking about? Yeah, it was, it was fairly like, (laughs) just everybody was either like you know doing their own thing or like part of a group or something and everybody kind of like everybody from every part of it part of the school went to like the football games and like random people were on like student count actually the student council was like the popular kids and i was like they're so lame and then when fallout boy got big they're like dude do you listen to fallout boy and i was like no fuck yourself and then uh this girl that i had a crush on who like shut me down started wearing a used shirt and i was like <laughs> you'll figure it out and then um we've never spoken so <laughs> that's <laughs> sorry for it's you sorry. bestie it's fine i'm doing fine so anyway i do think it's cuz we're all still <laughs> sad and still dealing okay. with that but also <laughs> i i just think that there's so much more that can be accepted within like the emo and like pop punk and this like alt rock overall community nowadays where i remember Mm -hmm. when i was in like high school and middle school if you liked anything outside of like that genre you were like labeled a poser and like you just nobody wanted to talk to you they wouldn't take your opinions like as valid as like anything like that and like i just say um like i was like a secret jonas brother fan up until like when they came back because i would tell people like i love the jonas brothers and they're they're like oh but you like fall out boy and you like evanescence i'm like yeah because at the time jones brothers was very pop punk sounding go listen to the first few albums okay and yeah. and nobody believed me so then i had to hide it but now everyone's like yeah like this is so cool i just think because there's so much more acceptance among like the general majority except for like zip up hoodies upsetting mm-hmm. God damn it. That or so true. <laughs> that it, it that's why it's like happier because more people who weren't like really able to integrate or be involved or be like open in that scene, they obviously started listening to things that they were more comfortable with or they were supposed to listen to. So now they're like, Oh, let's weave it all in together. So we get things that are more like, you know, this poppy rock or like emo rap or something like that. And now it's like this new fusion that's actually pretty cool. And I mean, I think as well, like at looking back at the nostalgia aspect, like I've always say this is that like in 2001, like I was like six years old. So like I didn't get to experience any of that. And I didn't well, like really come into a yeah, lot of these like about how old other... we were in 2001 and it is changing the opinion. <laughs> <laughs> like me coming up, like not even realizing who Finch was up until like I graduated from college, like undergrad in 2017 because I listened to a podcast I was interning with. And I was like, oh, wow, like these are really good bands because I grew up on like Fall Out Boy, like that mall emo type of stuff and like Hollywood Undead and everything like that. So that was my thing. So I think looking back, it's like, oh, I can have that like early 2000s teen, like young adult nostalgia thing now. But like Mm -hmm. now when I'm actually of age and like have it in my own area now. Yeah. What was the band you didn't tell anybody you liked in high school? Me? Yeah. Um, you know, I really, actually, when I was in uh, middle school, I really loved Nine Inch Nails. 
Um, that was like before I got into like punk rock mm-hmm. and then I got into like punk rock and like no effects and starting into like more of like, you know, what was becoming like the emo stuff. And I was like, Oh shit, I can't like nine inch nails anymore. Like, that is, Cause that was like, You're like, that's not cool anymore. Yeah. Cause that's be- before I found out about the scene, like I got my like <laughs> unfortunate fashion choices from like hot topping and stuff you oh, know? Yeah. because that was like the only like alternative thing. So so yeah, I was really into Nine Inch Nails, and then I found out about like punk in the scene. I was like, oh, like I'll, I'll be like very uncool if I tell people I like Nine Inch Nails. So I kind of like buried that for a while, and it wasn't until like after, you know, getting into music more and more, and like realizing like what Trent Reznor did and his songwriting and the different sounds that he made, um, like later in life, where I was like, oh, like I still love Nine Inch Nails, and like mm-hmm. I, I can't, I, you know, there's no reason to be ashamed about it anymore. Mm-hmm. And then, like, I have a, I mean, literally, like, everyone in every band we've ever toured with are all Nine Inch Nails fans. Yeah. So I just think, you know, them being, they were just marketed as such, like, a goth thing for so long. And that that's kind of like, you can't touch that if you're, you know, if you say you're, like, emo, you can't, like, cross over to the goth thing. Well, <laughs> I guess, actually, my, my chem kind of changed that parameter. Yeah. yeah. But before my chem, like, it was, like, very uncool to, like, anything gothy. But, yeah, Nine Inch Nails... I just I love them. I always have. I was very public about how much I loved Nine Inch Nails as a kid. Like no. Oh really? Yeah. I I was like, I think this is like just one of those bands that is just untouchable. Like they're just putting yeah. out banger after banger after banger, and it's like everybody knows. Everybody's just like, okay, Nine Inch Nails, and there are other bands too. So it was just yeah. to me like that was my perspe- perception of them. And now getting older, I'm like, it's still true. And everyone needs to put respect on Trent's name, even if it is Trent. Yeah. So real sore subject for me, like uh, we're playing when we were young and like mm. we're totally open to playing other fest, other festivals. And I'm sure you guys know Riot Fest this year. Mm-hmm. The headliner is fucking Nine Inch yep. Nails for one mm-hmm. of the days. And like me and the rest of the dudes in my band are like, fuck, why couldn't we get that show? Because literally like just playing with Nine Inch Nails to be on the same bill as him that's like my dream as a like from like a young child to like play to say i played a show with nine inch nails <laughs> and that was probably the closest i'll ever be um so still still kind of bummed about that but maybe maybe one day is it just that you can't like you have another like, show the same full, day b- full bill or? no i mean i after when we were young i got a million texts from my from different friends and different bands like yo how'd you guys get the offer and like i don't know how politics work with like what booking agent is gonna (laughs) get what offer like i don't know Mm -hmm. why we didn't get the offer for riot fest maybe we weren't even like an option maybe it's like all politics or whatever but we just it it never came through we we would have done it in a heartbeat um but yeah we're you know yeah now now the bill is completely full so yeah there's no chance i mean look we know people at Riot Fest, and I'm saying this completely Ryan's just saying without this so any information. Right oh, I'm so loose with this right now. I'm so loose with this right now. Brian's but like, I'm going like to go up to them, and I'm going to talk to them about I'm going to have a conversation. I'm gonna, I just, no, I'm, I'm speaking this to put it out into the world and hope that something good happens for everybody, uh, because I'm very stoked for Nine Inch Nails that, uh, at, yeah. uh, at the show, too. So I want something good to happen, and I'm just saying, like, you know, Hey, Riot Fest, I mean, I think you can figure something out, you know? Like, come on. Come, come on. on. I mean, on, I, might, I might just personally go to that anyway. Also, like, yeah. I'll just, yeah, I was going to say, it would be great either way. the bands I know that are playing, I was like, can yeah. you put me on the guest list? No, can you put me on the guest list? No, I'll, just, I'll just go down the list. Yeah, yeah. it's like one, one of them on the has list? to say yes. Yeah. yeah. Also, tickets are still available out there, you know, guys? Oh, are they really? Yeah. Yeah. It's not sold out yet. Wow, interesting. Yeah, Friday is like Friday single days are almost just sold out because that's yeah. my chem day. Also, how many people can they fit there? That's a good question. Do you think? I think probably like four hundred. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's about thirty five. It's like an yeah, underground it's, pizza it's place. A, it's a rough <laughs> like thirty five. Yeah, <laughs> it's like a Fall Out Boy show at a, in an underground pizza place. About thirty, thirty five. You know. But it's like a, but it's like a tight thirty five, you know. Yeah. It's like a real. They're all. You're stuff. real condensed, like you're up against it. Yeah, you're you know? like guys. You're gonna really experience this. It's the pit or uh or or nothing, or you're outside of the whole venue. We have a park. <laughs> In the rest of the park, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we're almost at an hour, and I want to get over to uh the chat on Twitch to uh to answer some questions. If you guys got anything, uh we will uh we will chat with you. But before we do that. 
Uh, just want to make sure everybody knows where they can uh, find the new single, uh, when the record's coming out, and uh, where they can come to see you on tour. All the all the good, you know, little promo promo-y bits to get people excited for the stuff and uh, showing up to uh, to all of your fake shows so that you can uh, give Live Nation the scam money that you said yes, you owed scam. them. <laughs> and your other legit shows that you have and the too, legit ones too. yeah you know the one that they know yeah, for sure yeah not scams not scams um so where should i tell them to go um probably just instagram has all of the pertinent information so instagram.com slash armor for sleep um we have a little like link tree in our bio that's just got where to stream the video the new single is called how far apart so if you just go to youtube search how far apart armor for sleep that's it and then um the album comes out september 7th september 9th 9 9 september 9th nine, um, nine. so we got it we got a minute before the album comes out but yeah. we're gonna put out we're gonna put out two more singles over the summer before the album comes out so um so hopefully people don't forget about it and then hopefully sleep we get it to number one summer. on iTunes. Yeah. yeah. Guys, yeah. number one on iTunes. Don't be cowards. <laughs> oh, <we're> do it. <laughs> Just hope to sleep. sell a bunch of CDs. Song of the Summer. Played on every no, it's really weird. Station. So we're doing, we're doing vinyl for this. And uh, like I had to ask the label. I was like, are we making CDs? Like, do, do we make CDs? I think we are. We're making CDs. But like, that's like such an afterthought right now. Yeah. Like, the kids also like, like cassettes. Cassettes are cool. Mm. But like, I, I literally I don't have a CD player anymore. <laughs> I think I bought one because uh, I had to like rip an old CD. Uh, like I don't even have one on my computer. There's no there are no more yep. optical drives. Yep. So it's just weird that we're making them. And get one right? uh, and put it in later. You're like, oh, I want to like put a put a little CD player in my in my desktop computer. Like, <laughs> just just yeah. to feel something. <laughs> just yeah. They're either like fourteen dollars or they're four hundred dollars yeah. for a CD drive. Yeah. It's like, yeah, we made four because nobody needs these, you know. Yeah, no, the one I bought from Amazon it was a disaster. Mm-hmm. Like there was a button that you had to press on it to like eject the thing, but it wouldn't work. So I had to go into terminal on my Mac and like download all this <laughs> coding. To, like, oh no! Hack hack the CD drive to open. <laughs> I was like, awesome. CDs are so cool. Yeah. No CDs wonder no one uses them anymore. <laughs> yeah. Nobody wants to learn to code to listen to a record. Yeah. That's what I had to do. No, I'm all about cassettes, though. Um, cassette tapes are cool. I don't know if we're doing cassette tapes. We should. Yeah. I will it's hard say, to do records now. Yeah. No, it's hard yeah. to do records. I've seen a lot of um, friends and also just bands I really like recently when the vinyl production got halted up. They said, yeah. Well, I can make cassettes for like, I think it's like $5 their cost and they sold it either for whatever they paid for it or just a little bit more and they sell out like crazy. Really? And then there was actually a study done, I think it was like midway through COVID because this is when it started to really pick up that Walkmans were coming back and people were starting to drive up the price of Walkmans. Hell yeah. That is nonsense to me. (laughs) I just, I blame Stranger Things. Yeah, that's it. I mostly just blame Stranger Things, <laughs> and no spoilers. I haven't seen season four yet. Yeah, I haven't either. either. Yeah, no spoilers in chat. That's the best way to get some spoilers in chat. Uh, yeah, everyone's just <laughs> rip it. Everyone's about to do it. Uh, well, everybody, uh, we are going to head over to Twitch to uh to answer some questions. I see some people chatting over there, so we'll we'll get some questions for Ben from there. Uh, if you're listening to this though, uh, go get the record. Listen to the single, uh, number one on iTunes, Song of the Summer, Song of the Autumn. <laughs> everyone uh, buy it. Let's go. Everybody buy it. It's, Don't be it's cowards. so good. Uh, we're mm. going to pretend that we've heard it and we're going to go best top top record. Yeah. Top of top all record. records. Uh, Pitchfork we'll, is going to rate it a 9.5. Pitchfork said, yes. you got to listen. You got to. They have to recant cover. what they did for Jimmy Eat World. So they yeah. have to rectify the situation yeah. now for the entire scene. Yep. Yeah. We're going to be on the cover of Alternative Press, six issues in a row. Hell yeah. <laughs> I had one. Uh, I had one with you guys I on it. Pete, by the way. Yeah. Like, that was like such a oh, thing yeah. of like, I got to get the one with like, you know. So we actually, we were, we never made it quite to the cover, but 
they did like a warp tour special yep. one year in 06. Yeah. And I was actually on the cover with uh Justin from Motion City, William mm-hmm. from the Academy is, and then um Sonny from from first to last. Yep. AKA Skrillex. AKA yeah. It's so weird. <laughs> I, I that was the one I had too. I was like, oh hell yeah, this is uh yeah. We shared we shared a bus with them on that tour. Little did I know that that sixteen year old kid would basically change electronic music. Yeah, changed pretty cool. A lot. So much. yeah, and also I will say this: Sunny, literally one of the best people I ever met. He's like the best, sweetest kid ever. Not kid anymore, but. Yeah. Awesome dude. He is still shorter, but you know he's yeah. He never was super tall, but neither then I'm neither am I. So we got along. Uh before I start talking about short kings, we'll move on oh and we'll God. get to <laughs> we'll get to I was gonna look, say it and look, I was like, I don't know if I should say it, look, but you said it for before. The internet, it's a beautiful place. And all I'm saying is there's a lot of guys who take out their 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 height situation on people on the internet. And uh, in many cases, if you're not doing that and you're just being a normal fucking person, tall king, tall king energy or short king energy. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, good on the nice people out there. We only like nice people and it's very easy to be nice. Uh, And this is my transition to the outro of the podcast, which is speaking of nice people. Thank you so much, Ben, for hanging out with us tonight (laughs) on the podcast. Yeah, no problem. Thanks so much for listening, besties, and we really hope you enjoyed that chat with Ben from Armor for Sleep. Make sure you check them out on their upcoming tours as well if they are near you or if you are an enthused Armor for Sleep fan and you want to go take a little bit of a road trip, mini vacation, and go check them out. We will be back next Tuesday. Remember, we now release on Tuesdays. For another episode of Emo Social Club. And that following week, guess what? We're back to our live streams too. Again, make sure you're following us on all of our socials. And of course, you are uh, rating, subscribing, and liking to us on whatever podcast platform you enjoy listening to us on. In the meantime, I've been Lizzie. And Brian is, again, contemplating his life somewhere in Chicago. We will see you later. Bye.